Moto Spot Show. What is up, everybody? We are back. Holy crap. I didn't even know how to work this board. It's been so long since I had this thing uh, up and running. So I'm excited to get back to doing these shows. It's been a crazy off season. And man, I just need to get back to doing these. It's been a while. And I'm excited to get back to doing these with the season right around the corner with Supercross and Motocross. Uh, the preview show just came out on Christmas Day. And that was really exciting to see kind of everybody's new new teams new training all that fun stuff but we got a guy on tonight's show that hasn't raced in a little bit but when he did race he was fully committed and he's been around he's actually uh been on national tv as far as uh doing some some stuff that he probably wants to forget but he now works at seven and uh he's been a longtime friend and i'm excited to have him on the show it's the uh corbin hayes what's up man how are you I'm, I'm doing good. Better than I uh, was in that viral video, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if we'll talk about that or not, but we might get to it. But uh, we'll let the we'll let the people uh, kind of look that guess up. we have to now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. But that's not why you're on the show. You're on the show because you and I have had a good relationship, and we've known each other for a long time. And you know, you've been involved in my life. I've been involved in your life from me being a part of your program at PCP Motorsports, and then you know, you were in fly yeah. racing. So. Um, for me, it's just, you know, finally getting you on this bad boy. Every step of the way, Triple was there. I don't know about that, but, you know, like I said, I've uh, I've definitely watched you closely, and I'm excited to call you one of my friends, and we've had a lot of fun. So I just wanted to kind of dive into what's got you where you are today, because, I mean, you've made some big steps just like I have, you know, like you've kind of just packed up everything you had, left stuff behind, family behind, and and just kind of became your own man. So you're now living in SoCal. You, you're originally from NorCal. But before we get all to all that, I want to give a huge shout-out to our sponsors, Spot Network TV. Please check those guys out. They can uh, You can get all of our episodes on their app, the Spot Network app. They got some cool stuff coming up from Troy Lee, from uh, I think Fox is going to do some stuff with them. They also just live stream Whiskey Throttle Show. So they do a lot. So check out Brent Davis over there and Chrissy Davis over at Spot Network. And also we want to give a shout out to Bell Ray, Works Connection, Scott Goggles, and uh, Motion Pro. They are uh, a big part of my program, and and I'm excited to have them on the show. So they actually – Motion Pro just came out with a new tool called the Tough Hook. So I got one of those today. I'm excited to try it out. And, of course, you know everybody knows Scott and Motion Pro and Works Connection and Bell Ray. If you don't, then you need to get on the ball. So, Corbin, let's let's get to you, though. Like I said, you're now at seven. You're living in SoCal, but it's uh, been a long road to that. It didn't come easy. You've you've raced, you've crashed, you've done everything. You know what I mean. You've made relationships. So for you, like, what's it like now living in SoCal and kind of having a career and, and stepping away from Supercross and Motocross? Uh, I mean, it's good. It all happened like really fast within the last year. I mean, just this at this time next year, I was doing everything I could to get prepared to fly to Florida for the opening round of West for the 250 West Coast and Orlando. And so from that point in my life, to sit in this office chair in my house here in Meculus, okay, it's been, been a, the year flew by fast and a lot of stuff came. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, right, to take it all in and kind of just – go from doing one thing your whole life to now a whole another new thing and you got roommates now you know christian and cicero lives with you and i've known him for a really long time and eventually i need to get him on the show too because he's working at ktm now and it's like we all have kind of done our things you know we we all knew each other we all rode together we all did this and now we're involved in the industry so it's kind of cool that we get to all stay close through that yeah absolutely yeah it's, it's weird my, my 
plan wasn't you know I'm gonna I'm gonna race until 2021 and then I'm gonna stop and then I'm gonna go work at seven and I'm gonna do this stuff like that was never a plan. My plan was always just, oh I'm gonna race that's all I do I race I race I race yeah and then just life happens and you gotta make decisions on the fly and that led led me to here yeah so for you like kind of how the seven thing work out, you know, I know you and Roger have had a really good relationship and you've known each other for a long time. Um, did you kind of approach him or did he approach you or how did that kind of all happen? Um, I had a good relationship with, uh, Dennis who kind of runs the office at seven for the last probably like seven years now. Cause I was, I was a, a seven amateur writer for, I mean, five years as soon as they opened their athlete support program I was I was in there so I've always had a, a good relationship with everybody around there and I, I wanted to, to touch on that too the, you're, you were the reason I got in seven years in, in the beginning when you were working <laughs> at PCP you got me my first ever set of seven years yeah and I mean that was fast uh... forward to now I've wore it for six years and now I'm working there doing athlete support it's funny. Like, like I said, every step of the way. Dude, it's kind of it's funny how it goes, <laughs> goes full circle. Like Johnny Mays over yeah. there and, and uh, you know, that whole crew over at Troy Lee kind of picked up the seven brand early. And, you know, they were really rad rad to work with. And we were doing a lot of stuff with them at PCP. And we were able to get your name on the number or, yeah, your number and name on the back. And, like, that was, like, huge. We are like, dude, like, no way. Like, we were kind of just, you know, young kids in the industry and, like, it was like you were like the one of the first ones to have it, and it was uh, it was pretty cool to be a part of that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So getting back to how I ended up here at seven, um, like I said, I was a uh, new Roger, new Dennis, just through being an amateur rider. And then uh, when I turned pro, I went racing with the TPJ uh, fly team, and so I had to say goodbye and uh, switched over to fly. Came back to work with Triple. Yep. And uh, uh, I was wearing fly for, for three years. And then before the season last year, last year was my first first year racing full-time just on my own, trying to figure out how to pay for everything, chain rent, but, and to get my bike to the track, like all this all this stuff. So um, in the off-season or the, the pre-season, rather than going to the Supercross track every day, spending $65, um, I got a part-time job just to get ready for the season to try to save money so I had, could kind of live as freely as possible during the season so I'd have a little less stress. But I pulled up uh, for the races and uh, Dennis actually posted on his Instagram, like an Instagram story um, that they needed some help in the warehouse at 7. And I texted him, I was like, hey, like, you need some help. I'll be there. Like if it's part time, and I could ride a little bit and still get ready for Supercross. Like I'm yeah. there. Like, and so I ended up while still wearing fly, um, was working in seven, just helping pack orders and just helping out and lending a hand in the warehouse. Um, before the season last year, worked there for maybe probably late November, December, and then like half of January, and then I left to go race. Um, so yeah, before the season, I was just w- working Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 2. Would leave work, go straight to the gym, go home, and then ride Saturday, Sunday. And then once it got closer to the season, like I think about three or four weeks left, I was riding with 
go to Elsinore Wednesday morning, ride Supercross from like nine to noon, and then head straight to work and work for the rest of the day. Yeah. So that's that's where the relationship with Seven as an employee started. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it's one of those things where. You know, it's just the privateer privateer life. Just kind of everybody sees you on TV and whatnot, but there's a lot of behind the scenes. You know, you had uh, Carrie over Grindstone too that you're probably staying at her house and and kind of doing stuff. And I know she's been a big part of your program for a long time, and it's cool that she has that. You know, over there near Lake Elsinore, so a lot of privateers stay over there. But for you, it's kind of like like we've talked in the past. Like you know, you and I've kind of had some conversations to, you know, how to get ahead in the industry. It's kind of like, don't burn your bridges, like keep, make those relationships, keep those relationships. And absolutely. it seems like it's like paying off for you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in industry, you know, like this is the industry we know, but I feel like in any, any industry, if you're just a good person and you're good to other people, like it's not going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, just kind of like be yourself and don't, uh, don't like do one thing and then go and do another thing. Like just kind of keep, keep in your lane and, and just do as you say. And, and I think everybody respects that and, and sees it, you know what I mean? So I'm proud of you for sure. Like I said, it's cool to see where you are and where you come from. And, and now you're at a brand that's got one of the most iconic, um, athletes, you know, on the, on the payroll. So it's cool to kind of probably see him in and out of the office. I would imagine for people that don't know, I'm talking about James Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rad. Um, yeah, his influence on the sport it, it carries over into the brand. It's yeah, a, it's yeah, a special, it's a special place. Yeah, I mean, like he just came on this podcast, and of course, I had to listen. And it, it's cool to hear him talk about seven, you know, and what he's doing and what they have planned. And he's kind of he kind of said something that stuck in my mind to where he kind of invented, you know, the Bubba scrub, and then he also kind of was the first one to come out with like compression gear. And it's like I kind of listened to that back, and I was like, man, I was like. He kind of did. He was kind of one of the first ones to come out with like a, a true compression style gear. And now like everybody's oh, running yeah. it and it's, uh, you know, the gears come so far and it's all so comfortable, but it's cool to see you guys doing some stuff, you know, different than other people. And, you know, of course our gear's going to be, you know, better, but you know, it's cool that you guys have some, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, I'm so happy to see where the industry is at today. Cause you look at stuff from like Oh nine, 2010 2011 from everybody and like the gear was heavy and it like didn't breathe brutal yeah it's like we didn't even think about it then we were just like we just wore it but now it's like man it's like you put it on and people are like this stuff feels like basketball shorts so it's, it's yeah. pretty cool oh my god back when i was in the c class i wish i had that this kind of gear so i could literally wear it just to see what my life was like back when i was yeah 14 <laughs> yeah. did you remember that gear that Jeremy's gear i would wore oh yeah Oh, oh yeah, dude. There is like I can't thank talent enough and Tyson, the whole world famous for what they did to me growing up, did for me growing up. But dude, this Cherubis jersey had a full square foot of a rubber logo on the jersey. <laughs> just heavy, like, just so had heavy. to weigh. It had to weigh as much as a boot would weigh. Like yeah, and incredible. I wish I still had that jersey. We were talking about that at the track this week, and like you know, O'Neill's came a really long way. Like their gear looks really good this year, and um, you know, a bunch of us had O'Neill gear in like 2010 and we we're like, dude, that stuff. Like my brother uh, Shaggin, he still has a has a set here at the house. Yeah. And like it's so like just to f put it up and feel it, 
It's like, how did we ride in this in, in the summertime at Hangtown when it's 110 degrees? Yeah. Pretty pretty nutty. Brutal. Brutal, for every, sure. Yeah, every one of them. That's just where the sport was. It's crazy. Yeah, and, it, it, and you know, there's stuff coming down the pipeline. I, I can imagine from all everybody that's going to just innovate even more. And it's it's cool to see, like, you know, we have the Rion technology, and, and I'm excited to see what's going to come out from that, that stuff. And you know, Bell and, and Mips and all that kind of formed a relationship and Mips is doing a lot of cool things. So I'm excited to see kind of what's coming down the line in the next five years. And a lot of people don't realize, but, you know, our 22 gear just dropped in August, but 23 is already done and we're working on 24. Like, you know, gear has to be done that far in advance. And it's funny because people be like, oh, you guys copied so-and-so or you guys did this. It's like, yeah, yeah I might look like that from the outside, but Honestly, this stuff's been done for a year and a half. Like we didn't, you know what I mean. So it's it's funny to look at Vital and all those those forums and just see people be like, "Man, that looks like this or looks like that." It's like you guys have no idea how much work and you know stuff gets turned away. Like you know the designers will come in with a hundred designs and they'll pick ten of them. It's like it's a yeah. lot of work. So I can only imagine it's like that for I've, you guys. Yeah, that's one of the biggest like eye opening things. Like because. There's so many years I was one on one side of the industry as a racer, and now I'm on like the back end of the production side and like the business side, and that for sure is like one of the most eye-opening things I've like seen uh, now, like working in the industry. Is yeah, yeah that's I mean it's like three years in advance. Like, right. oh, it's do you have a time. problem with this? All right, it'll be changed in three years. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's like new materials. Like you have to start working on materials now for the next yeah. you know, three, five years. So, have you seen an all black pant Absolutely. or an all white pant yet with no logos on it? And you're probably like, "What is this?" I've I've been lucky enough to, to uh, see one of in the position I am. I'm still like good on a dirt bike, even though I'm, I'm still playing on racing. So, yeah. if they ever need any any testing done, I could just. Uh, Oh, nice! So you get the, you get the special the treatment. Get get the all black pants or the all white pants. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love it. It's it's cool. Like it's like it's it's one of those things where yeah, you might have never never lined up for you know or not lined up. You did line up, but it's not you know you might not have ever got a top ten in Supercross. But like little things like that, that's like unobtainium, and you get to do like kind of one off stuff. Like almost is just as cool because you're like I get to be a part of this. Yeah, the the other thing too is like how you're saying like the designers come up with a hundred designs and like you're you can't make a hundred sets a year. Yeah, you gotta pick. Sets, so you gotta pick some and like the stuff we kind of see around the office that made it down the pipeline, but not enough to be in the full production run. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Just like kind of ha- like have it in your hands and be like this is one of one. This is. This is yeah, you like look at it and you're like, why didn't we make this? You know, like it's kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, this would be so sick. And you're like, make it next year. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, for you, like, like I said, it's, it's been a long road and you've done a lot, you know, and, and you've kind of went from being like, you know, pretty good, but then you got like, you hit your peak and you went to Loretta's and you started making supercrosses and making motocrosses and. Like I said, you moved from NorCal to SoCal. So, like, what's that transition like in kind of the last couple years to where you've traveled the country and done all that? Like, has that been really, like, stressful, or are you kind of now getting comfortable? Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable. Before, I think the, where the stress came from was when I was in NorCal part-time and in SoCal part-time. It was like I was kind of fighting 
where I needed to be to be like a better racer. Yeah. So NorCal, it, it was hard kind of growing up because you see the like glitz and glamour of SoCal motocross. Like everybody's here, like all the pros are training here. So you feel like that's where you need to be. The tracks are better. Like you look at it as them being better. Yeah. And so that's kind of how like, I grew up and we'd always come down to SoCal and I'd get the most out of like the weekend trips or whatever. Um, but just like thinking about the NorCal tracks is they weren't as rough as they didn't have the guys. So I'm always going to the track, trying to get ready for, you know, the nationals and it feels like I'm riding a vet track. Then I'm like mad at the tracks I'm riding. And then once I finally moved down here and like got comfortable and was just hitting the same tracks every day, they started to feel exactly like how the NorCal tracks used to feel. It's like, Oh, it's just the same track. Yeah. Day. It's just like being comfortable and, so, and confident. So yeah, I feel like, Northern California and Southern California each has the pros and cons. One yeah. nice thing about Northern California is it is a more like local feel. Like it, when you're pulling up the Hank like on a Thursday, you know who's going to be there. You know like, exactly what you're doing that day, like what the track's going to be like. And SoCal's just a little bit more of a circus, and it's easier to kind of get geared off your, your like yeah. daily plan. You know, like that's one good thing about. California is kind of the structure and you know exactly what you're getting when you pull up to the track. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And like, I know I've been to a few SoCal tracks before and it's like you go out and it's everybody's out there wanting to, to race on a practice day. And it's like, I get it. Like you guys are trying to do your job and trying to do that. But at the same time, it's like, you got to almost, yeah. they almost need to split it there's up better. No, there's like, no, yeah, there's no fine. Like if you're, dude, if you're, if it's March and you're out at Manila Thursday trying to like perfect something or like focus on something. Yeah. Like it's impossible. just go home. It's not going to happen. It's, right. You're just, it's a day of survival. That's all it is. That's <laughs> yeah. all you're going to the track to do. And so that's, that's where you got to kind of pick your poison. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I would agree with that because it's just, it's just complete carnage for sure. And I think for you, you know, like I said, you've, you've gone now, I think what a whole year without supercross or, or is it not a whole year yet? No, my last one was Texas, um, this last COVID year. Okay. Um, this third, third round in Texas. So it's probably been supercross. Okay. I was going to say like, what do you miss, but you haven't really experienced yet. So I guess for you though, the one well, question, go ahead. I, I, I will say like this, this is the this time of year right now. It's that's true. You'd be training, yeah. Christmas and New Year's, yeah. So it's the first time in like twenty four years of life that this time of year I haven't been doing like one. It's the same thing I've done my whole life, you know. Yeah, and it it's been pretty strange, <laughs> like watching all my buddies like doing the same thing, like working like super hard for the goal from A1 and I'm reserving my hotel and where I'm going to go out after the race before the race it's just been really different yeah you're in a conference room and, and, like, and you really, got guys at really Elsinore strange, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that I, I miss that a lot too I, I won't miss lining up and the nerves and the, the stress of going out and risking my life for a $700 paycheck right. uh, I do miss riding it perfectly my Tuesday morning waking up at 
seven and getting to the track around nine and riding the perfectly green super track track that I do miss. Yeah, I could imagine that's pretty fun. Like I, I've only ridden a few tracks, like amateur tracks that are people's backyard and. When you get into a flow, it's pretty fun, but I can't imagine like a real supercross track. It's probably pretty gnarly, but, um, for you, like it's one of those things where you've done it your whole life and now you're, you're working full time. Is there anything you would you would say like you would have changed or anything you would like recommend, you know, to someone coming through the, not through the ranks, but someone's about to start a privateer life. Like, would you recommend anything or would you say I would have done this differently? It's hard to say. I definitely don't have any regrets. Yeah. Um, the probably the one thing I say comes to mind is I just say enjoy it. Like, like I if you would have told me in twenty nineteen I was going to be stoked to not be racing an A one in twenty twenty two, I would have been like, "You're drunk." Who the hell is? Yeah. yeah I was like, "Who the hell are you?" You know. Yeah. So like. Stuff changes real fast, and your mindset and perception of something can can definitely flip flop, and your priorities can change a lot faster than than you think they can. So, definitely enjoy it while you're in it. Totally, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I would would have to say that's probably uh, going through the tunnel to the gate, man. But you gotta enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I never even got to race, but I've walked through a few tunnels and kind of been on the floor. And it's like just walking through there, like you know what I mean. It's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, holy crap! Like this is pretty gnarly. Like, yeah, it was. And then like we did futures together at Indy, and it's like even that, even though it was just futures, but pushing yeah. your bike through the tunnel, like to the gate, being in a stadium under the lights, like it's pretty gnarly. Like you kind of just yeah. look around, and you're like, holy shit! And I can imagine doing that with forty thousand fans in the stands. Yeah, and it's it's more just like the fashion stress and anxiety of it, of it. you got to find a way to, to like, it's near as possible because you're lining up. Like, you're right. And how are you not going to be a little stressed about getting right. to the first turn in front of that guy? Yeah. But you're like, uh. you, you got to <laughs> find a way to like balance enjoying it, being content with where you're at yeah, with the, your goals and still like hungry enough to do better each weekend. It's, something i probably should have been better at but yeah i mean it's one of those things where you you learn and you kind of just adapt and there's a lot of things we we look back and like man we should have done that or should have done this but you know you kind of i'm a believer and some people aren't but some people are but i'm a believer everything happens for a reason and i think you kind of built a road that's got you to where you are and i would say for you this is like a perfect opportunity to kind of start laying your foundation for getting uh into the industry yeah, absolutely. It's everything happens for a reason. I'm right where I need to be, and uh, now I'm gonna enjoy where I'm at right now, like I was trying to do back then. <laughs> yeah, now you get to kind of see what 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 I got to go through. Now, of course, I'm not on your level. I'm not working with top athletes, but it's kind of you know one of the things. Now you get to kind of see the sponsorship side of it and see kind of how it all works. You know, what I mean, there's gonna be parents that are gonna look to you to like have all the answers, and you're gonna be like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's, it's pretty nerve wracking. Yeah, I I love what I'm doing right now. Especially like I, like you said, like being on the other side of things. I was on, I was a racer looking for sponsors for so long, and now, and just like the snap of a finger, um, I'm back 
working at seven and doing the rider support and I'm essentially the guy that decides if you get sponsored or not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it was kind of like a trip. Um, when I first started doing it, it was just being on the exact other side of things and like seeing how it works and it's cool having, um, the position I'm in with the athlete support is that I'm still so close to the other side of things. Yeah. Is that I kind of understand it pretty well and it's more than just a person at a desk. Like I was out riding uh, Paula for the Caselli ride day and one of, one of our really uh, quick uh, seven riders, um, Aiden Zing, was out there and I was just messing around with him and uh, just following him around and there's this like little inside single uh, thing and he was like going over it, rolling it and it was like kind of slow and I was like, hey, like, come here, like, let me show you something and I came in and like sweeped it and like jumped off the inside roller. It was like two seconds faster. And I was like, can you do that? I was like, follow me over, follow me over and he got it and it was like two seconds flat faster. And it was just like a cool little thing. I was like, not only am I cleaning this kid's jersey, but I just like helped him be two seconds a lot faster in this turn. Yeah, I mean, so it, it helps. Like, stuff like that is cool. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like how how much that makes a difference. You know, like you said earlier, like just being able to test stuff. And you know, I've actually had that same conversation with Kenny over at, at Fox, who does the athlete thing. And it's like these riders, you know, don't really realize that you guys can still rip. And then it's mm-hmm. like you can kind of help them make the products better you know what i mean you can be like okay so i felt this over today when i rode and i think we should make this adjustment to the pan or this adjustment to the jersey so having that knowledge of of riding and racing i think definitely helps a brand for sure yeah yeah i would totally agree so that's that's cool though like because like parents notice that stuff too you know what i mean like they might not say anything or they might just kind of you know shrug it off but deep down they really do notice it and i i feel like they kind of appreciate it so Little yeah, things like I that talked add up. Someone, I talked to someone on the phone, I think, like, last week, and they called about, like, asking about what the athlete support program is, and if they could send an application. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I can help you out with that. And got talking to the, this dad for a while, and he's like, what's your last name? And I was like, oh, Hayes, Courtney. Yeah, my name's Courtney Hayes. He's like, oh, I remember you. I'm from Northern California. I remember back when you were working with Tyson. I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Yeah, like, I'm glad to see you're like uh, doing good in the industry now, and and like I ended up talking to him for another thirty minutes, and like Adam, his son wanted to get sponsored. I had him told him like, yeah, make a resume, like do this, do this, and he sent it over to me. I was like, oh yeah, that was good. Change this, like this is what kind of worked for me, like during out my racing career, and like this is kind of what I look for when I'm going over resumes, so, like tweak that a little bit, and like I was able to like help this guy build a resume for his son because i know both sides of it yeah that's i mean again that's just adding that value dude like it's crazy like we do the same thing in our in our industry you know we have so many accounts and so many competitors and every little bit we can do to add value with our relationships it, it helps so that's cool that you're kind of providing that to your to your athletes and to the parents and hopefully that will take you to the next step and and give the brand the the bit, not the, I wouldn't say benefits, but just kind of give the brand the extra little thing to have a writer say, okay, I want to work with you guys or I want to work with us or whoever. You know what I mean? It's just like having those little details, it goes a long way. Yeah. For sure. Doing, doing whatever whatever we can to make the athletes happy. Yeah, totally. That's It's crazy. People don't realize how picky some, some writers can be. And doing that yeah. stuff and going the extra mile, it, it, uh, 
it definitely helps. So, but for you, like, you know, now you're, now you're in it, you're, you're in the trenches working every day. And I mean, I don't know how long you've been doing. I would say outside looking in, I think you've been doing it like six months now or maybe a little bit more. Uh, yeah, probably, probably six or seven. So I don't know when, when the last super when was Atlanta super Atlanta was like May, I think. Yeah, like it was like end of like, May, like end of April, early May, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so Supercross ended, and I was like, "All right, well, I don't really, I don't really know what, I, what else I got going on. I guess I'll uh, start looking for a job again." Yeah, and I uh, sent a couple, sent a couple applications into KTM because living with Christian, he was already working there. Yep, and there was like a, a position available under him, and so I had a little in there. And I went back to seven and just stopped by because I was home again after traveling for racing. And uh, stopped by and talked to everybody. I was like, yeah, I sent an application to seven, or not seven, I sent in a couple applications to KTM. He's like, what? No, come back here. (laughs) I was like, all right, well, I need something a little better than part time. He's like, all right, right, I'll I'll figure it out. So then we were able to get the the athlete support position uh, available for me so that. That was uh, since then. That's right. It takes a little bit of weight off of uh, Roger's shoulders. I know he's been kind of doing it seven days a week, you know, probably 80 hours a week, just grinding and grinding and out. So I know there's not a whole lot of you guys over there. So it's cool to that you get to be added to that program and and be a staple in the in the office and kind of bring value. Again, I keep repeating myself, but kind of bring value to the brand. Yeah, it just makes it allows allows the position to be. Uh, well rounded. Roger's got uh, a lot to deal with Malcolm, and then he's got his elite am kids that he likes to um, take care of. Yeah, and then so I can handle the not the smaller guys, but the just up and coming. Yeah, Joss, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. The, the 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 there's you know like steps to the the program. You got the local, the national, and then the elite, and then the pro and. Yeah, I take care of the that bottom bottom half. Yeah, it's kind of like Honda, like you know, Phoenix is like the B team, and then like HRC is the A team. So yeah. it's yeah. it's just you know you have you have your curves. You you know you got your your middle school, your high school, and your college, right? So um, and then your professional. So it's kind of the same same thing. Everybody's got to work their way to the top, and you know, with your help, hopefully these some of these guys that are at um, I wouldn't say at the bottom, but you know, starting fresh with seven can build that relationship and eventually become an elite guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for you, like, what would you say, like, would be your biggest surprise? Like, what's something you're like, holy crap? You know, we kind of talked about it a little bit on the gear with it being three years, two years in advance, but has there really been anything else to where you're like, holy shit, I did not expect that? Uh, I mean, one of the main things as like a private gear racer and how you like look at the people within the industry, um, you just kind of, you get kind of a perception since you're not really getting the help you feel you deserve. You kind of look at everybody in the industry as like, they're just like a cool guy. You a lot, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how you look at like every company in the industry. It's like, Oh, there's a bunch of cool guys that look like couldn't make it as a race here or whatever. There's yeah. Kind of clicky. Like it's kind of clicky. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I don't know if it's the biggest thing. It's definitely something is that when I kind of got within the industry, it's not, 
It is and it isn't. Yeah. But every company in the industry, it's just some dude. <laughs> like essentially that, oh, there's nothing really corporate about it. Yeah. It's just some dudes that work there. <laughs> right. It's like everybody kind of just either used to race or either like there's not a whole lot of like big wig corporate like you know there's some some of that at the top top level yeah. but for as far as like athlete goes and like sales wise it's all kind of guys that just have a bunch of experience and, and just are passionate about the sport yeah yeah that's, it's like, you're, like you're like raised to have a college degree and, and go get your master's and do all that and it's like most of the guys i mean there's there's definitely people that have college degrees for sure don't get me wrong but a lot of these guys are just x-racers that just had that relationship with the brand and were able to uh build a career yeah it's pretty nutty huh like i, I it's it's i've kind of had like look back on that too and i'm like because i never was a college guy and it's like now i have this job as a rep and you know it's one of those things where i probably if i had college i have might have more experience but i feel like working at a dealership gave me so much experience to where i kind of now use that to my advantage in the day to day you know just kind of how everything runs and you know just we were one of the biggest shops in NorCal, so it's like we kind of did it all. So it's yeah. it's one of those things where I feel like that really helped me to where I didn't go to a four year college and and kind of lose out on that that experience. Yeah, I since since I stopped racing, that's such a like big shift in my life, and I had to go through a lot of like thinking. And I was thinking about going back to college. I graduated, I think like. Two, maybe two years ago, all through racing, I was going to community college. So I have an associate's degree in business. Yeah. Um, so that was a thought of mine to go back to school. I still, still heavily thinking about it. But yeah, I mean, I technically have a business degree and I don't think I've ever used a damn thing from it. Like, it's just, <laughs> I know, I know the industry because I was on the other side. So it, yeah, it works. Like, it's, ridiculous how yeah it's, it's nutty. a doctor or a lawyer or something like I, I don't know what you're gonna get from college to yeah i feel like i feel like ex- <laughs> yeah i feel like experience outweighs everything you know what i mean it's yeah. when you live it firsthand and kind of go through all of it it's uh it's almost like it's better for you because you're learning from it you know like you i don't know about you but a lot of times when i'm getting told something like in a, in a classroom or whatever, nine out of 10 times I forget it. But if I actually do it and experience it, then it's kind of, exactly. like you kind of remember it and it gets kind of embedded into you. Like, okay, I need to do this. We need to do that better. 100%. Yeah, for sure. We don't say yeah. that. We don't say that on this show, Corey. We don't say hundred percent. This is a Scott Goggle show. You're going to get me fired. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Primo. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Another, another surprising thing, uh, in the industry, like specifically with Seven itself, like as an as an amateur rider for them, or like even back when I was like begging you to try and get me a set of gear through like Troy Lee, yeah, like like what you were saying with James kind of inventing or influencing the the compression style gear. Like I have always viewed Seven as like the leader. You might have a different opinion. Yeah, no, uh, I get what you're saying. No, no, I, mean, I, I I view seven as like the leader in like kind of innovating like style and like trying to push the next thing and they're like as the main gear company, like yeah. doing that within our sport. It's always kind of seeing what's next, what's next, what's next. And 
it's it's this small group of people like working our ass off there to get stuff done and keep doing that. Like it's it's not this big business with a bunch of people doing this, bunch of people over there, bunch of people over there. It's it's a small core group of us just busting our ass to get get it done. Yeah, that's that's pretty gnarly. Like that surprised me too when I first got in. Like not with just seven, but like, you know, Scott, it's just three it's Primo, Knowles and Janolfi, you know, and then with Fly it's it's J T and uh Cole and Cameron and and those and Max and you know, there's only like six or seven guys at, at Fly and it's like we're this you know, and Fox I would say is the same way. It's it's not as big as people think, you know, of course, like yeah. we have reps and stuff. But when it comes to that, like me, I work for fly, but I don't actually work for fly. Like I'm not in the office. I'm not picking out gear. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not handling marketing. Like I'm just a sales representative. So it's, it's when you actually actually dive into it and look into it, there's not a whole lot of people with these, with these companies, you know, EKS, it's rich Taylor and a couple other guys and works connection. It's Ryan and Sean and Eric, you know, it's like, yeah all these big major sponsors, there's not a whole lot of people that are like in the office, the, just grinding for this one brand. It's, it's like you said, it's a few core guys that are super passionate and just busting ass. Yeah. So I, I definitely can appreciate that. And I think that's what makes our, our, our industry and like our gear and you know, everything just why it's so good because we all ride and we're like, okay, like we have to do, like, there's nobody corporate telling, okay, we need to do this. Or we need to do that. We need to, yeah. you know, be cheaper on this to make more dollars. It's like, no, we need to make sure the stuff's the best it can be like the most comfortable. Well, we're going to be wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to make sure. I want to like, be spoke. I want to wear it all the weekend. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to have yeah. this gear in front of 80,000 people on a Supercross night and we can't have it failing, you know, on national TV. Like this needs to be the mm-hmm. best of the best. So, yeah, I think that's really cool, and I think uh, it's going to make, like I said before, it's going to make gear that much better in the next three or five years because te- there's going to be more technology, more features, and just look, I mean, just look where the helmets are nowadays. I mean, God, the helmets these days are so good and so light. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited for sure. Let's see here. Speaking of helmets, you got that all all black one with the white. Ooh, fire. Ooh, yeah, I know you've been wanting, was, I know you've been wanting that, that one for that a minute. Thing is, that thing's special. I don't know if uh, I can tell the full story. I'll, all right, I'll tell it. Um, so my <laughs> gear bag got <laughs> my gear bag got uh, stolen not too long ago at the golf course and lost my helmet. Um, knee braces, boot, like everything, everything. So I didn't have gear for a minute. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I've always wanted that like, gloss carbon with white trim. And this was before the Moto 10 just came out. Right. Uh, with, uh, they were, it was the first time they ever sold the gloss carbon with white trim. And uh, I, Roger knows everybody and has an in with everybody. So I asked him, hey, he was like, you want to hit somebody up so I can buy this thing? And uh, he's like, nah, I don't know. Like, probably not. And then, like, Two weeks goes by and he's walked into my office with, with the one I have now and I was so stoked. Like yeah. the absolute best present ever. <laughs> and then like I got to looking at it and it's actually the do you know that James Bell James is the only person Bell has ever made a custom helmet for? Oh no, I didn't know that. 
I know that he was like yeah. one of the first ones in bells. Like A one, he came out with that bell, like Moto nine or Moto eight before anybody everybody yeah. was losing their shit. The new like yeah, the new the new shell or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still the only athlete they've ever made a custom helmet for, and he wanted to adjust like how far away the mouthpiece was. Okay. Um, and he ended up landing on being closer to his uh, face than the um, production one. And so this helmet I have now was the one they made for him to test. Oh, farther so. away, yeah. away from the face. So oh. like it's got an extended chin bar. So it's, it's a thick helmet and it's got a little extra like sentimental value. Yeah, no, that's rad. That's I was gonna, I was gonna get like paint some logos on it and stuff. I was like, no, I gotta, gotta keep it, gotta keep it clean and put it on a shelf and when I'm done wearing it. Yeah, yeah that's now, kinda... now I got some plans to get a Moto Ten and, and paint that thing. <laughs> no, you gotta keep literally it stock, my, dude. Literally, keep it stock. A, a, literally a week later after I was like blown away, so stoked, I finally got my like dream helmet, and then they put them up for sale. Yeah, <laughs> in the like, new Moto Ten version, I was like, all right, you cool. Guys. Yeah, <laughs> guys. I wanted to be the only one with a black white dream on the track. Yeah, Alpine Star has that too. Alpine Star has a a European. Oh, Oh M10 yep. that's non DOT. I've seen it at uh, Tiger so kind of. Yeah, it's so it's so light too, and it's like God. I wish they'd sell that this, you know, sell that to the public, but they'll never because it's not DOT, so it'll never be available to the public. But yeah. it's pretty crazy how light it is. Those well, um, European helmets are ridiculous. Mac, oh my God, uh, Mac Mullen used to when he was wearing Lee helmets, he would get the European ones, and it was like it's not like a bicycle helmet. It was insane. Kobe just told me he got a European Moto 10, and I haven't seen it yet. I'll probably see it when I come home for A1, what? but he said he got a European Moto 10, he said. So, he th- got everything, man. He does. He, that kid is not scared to spend some money. You name it, he got it. Yeah, if it's European, it's got his name on it. I'm surprised he doesn't have UFO gear. He's probably sitting in the truck with a Tesla right now. <laughs> probably. Oh, shit, that's funny. So for you, like, we're... uh we're kind of getting close to the 2022 season. You know, we're starting to, the Loretta Lynn schedule just got announced. Resumes are going to start rolling in. What's, what's something that's really, you know, big for you? Is it, you know, Loretta's Texas, Minio's mammoth? Like, what do you guys kind of expect that you're, you know, I don't know how much you can go into detail, but what do you kind of look forward to say, okay, this guy deserves to be on seven. Um, what's, what's interesting as far as like, what our amateur athletes are doing and like which ones we want to get. James kind of talked about it a little bit on Bubba's world. Yeah. And seven's kind of outlook on going after hot amateurs or attracting or signing riders is a little different than other brands. And that's because of, James and how he kind of wanted things to be, and it's totally. that the gear and like the innovation side kind of does everything. Yeah, and so also with having like James and Malcolm, besides like I don't know who's another big name that moves in the maybe Danger Boy because he's in he's in a four star contract, so it's like. Yeah, it's tough to kind of As pick a company. Pick those we kids. really don't yeah. really go after anybody because nobody's gonna match what we already kind of have in both James and Malcolm, right? Yeah. 
So yeah, you don't you don't see the need to kind of go. Okay, here's a three hundred thousand dollar check for for three years. You know, for someone that isn't going to be the standard or level of James or Malcolm is kind of. I mean, we want we want to get as many as all the six kids in our yeah. year because they're sick and we want a sperm. But it's that's not where our time and energy goes to. It's it's usually more all about the product and yeah, and like you said, James kind more of more product usually. Yeah, yeah, James yeah, kind of hinted one, at the team. Like a lot of these teams now, it's like team deals. So it's like, why go after a kid and then he's going to get a team deal a year later? It's like you put all that money yeah. into somebody for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that makes sense for and sure. We we want people that want to wear our gear too. You know, we're not going to yeah. go after someone that doesn't like the compression stuff and just keep throwing money at him until he wears the compression stuff. Like, it's just not, not, it's not natural yeah the work is good yeah no i get it like you don't want to force it you want to make it towards a it's a good relationship and a partnership and and uh it's not something that you're just like here's some gear give us some social media posts you know here and there it's like no we want to we want to build a brand around this person and kind of take it to the next level exactly no yeah loretta's loretta's is the the biggest one for us we have i think this last year was our lowest amount of titles. I think we got like two or three. Um, we're definitely looking to have more of those. Um, I love that too. I, I got to I got to go this year and bring all the kids their gear and hang out with you at the A Stars tent for for yep. a few days. So that was nice. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be back there. Yeah, now you have to come for the whole week now. I know <laughs> it's a long week. I mean, you've raced it a couple times, test. you know. Oh yeah, that's the longest week ever. It feels like when you get home, you're you're out of commission for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. Brutal. I mean, luckily, uh, the weather's been good the last couple of years. Um, you know, we've we actually got really lucky this year by having it early and not getting hit by that storm. Like that would have been dev. I mean, it was definitely devastating. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't want that to come out wrong. But if the it, it would have happened, yeah, yeah, if it would have happened during Loretta's. Like, oh, oh my god, I couldn't even imagine what I mean, the amount of casualties that happened without it being Loretta's, like it that was yeah. just so sad and then but if it would have happened during Loretta's, like there would have been so many We're people missing and lost stuff, and dude, like Yeah. Little kids running around like dude, absolutely Yeah, it would have not been good. So um but you know, like like you said, the, the Loretta's is the big one. You know, Minio's is starting to starting to get really big. They had over, I think, six thousand entries yeah. this year. Texas is, you know, James puts on the Texas one. I don't know if he goes to it. I've never been to that one, but you know, I did this the JS Seven Invitational, so I know that's probably a big one for you guys. But you know, have you been able to work with like Monster at all, or any of those guys? You know, with these uh, with these athletes, these guys are now starting to to get on Team Green deals and Orange Brigade deals and stuff like that. Kind of. How's that been like working with with some of the OEMs and some of these other big time sponsors? Yeah, it's, it's been cool. Right, right now I'm uh, putting together some stuff for Giacomo Redondi, who's uh, one of the factory gas gas uh, works racers. So that's been cool. Like I'm putting all the jerseys, so getting like all the factory gas gas ones designed, getting all that stuff, like kind of designing it to look the best on the jerseys. Fun part of the process. 
Heck yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Like they like their logos in certain spots and certain sizes. So I know that can be a lot of work. You know, it's it's one of those things where you got to send off you know a hundred emails to to get it right. So I can see that being pretty stressful. It is, but it's like it's cool to kind of make it our own and each design make it match as good as we can and make it look like it was meant to be there. Yeah, no, it all it all looks clean. Have you guys talked about doing any uh, any sublimation for your athletes? Or again, and I I don't know if you can talk about that stuff, but if you can, I totally understand. Um, we got some stuff. Cause all Malcolm stuff is it has to be with the yeah. Rockstar logo and stuff. Um, that Rockstar logo is just so big. Yeah, yeah, I know they have to have it be a certain, for where certain our size. Logo is. I know. Um, but yeah, we got some. We're gonna have a cool uh, military appreciation kit for San Diego Supercross this year. Nice. Um, and we got uh, both Dylan Walsh and Dylan Woodcock from the UK uh, racing A one. So they're gonna have a little something special that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some some custom pieces that have made the pieces a little. Yeah, have to look out for the Supercross season. That's rad. No, I, like I said, it's I get so geeked out over that stuff. You know, if it's our brand, oh, yeah. you know, if it's Fly or if it's A Stars or if it's you guys or Fox or whoever it is, it's like it's just cool to see all the creativity come to light. You know, for A One or if it's San Diego or if it's you know breast San cancer Diego's awareness. The best one, man. Yeah, yeah, San Diego. Uh, I got hurt in, in yeah nineteen. I was. No, it was 2020, early 2020. Yeah. And I got hurt and hurt my knee and wasn't able to make it to San Diego. And I, like, texted Dalton, hey, that camo stuff is sick. So, like, I still need it set. He's like, oh, are you racing? I'm like, no, I'm not racing this weekend. Like, I still get one. He's like, ah, oh, we only got so much. Dang it. <laughs> You're like, Dalton, so what's up, bro? Like, why are you, why are you hating? <laughs> I'm like, never mind, I am racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, Give me there. a set. And make yeah. it sublimated, too, while you're at it. Yeah, the the military appreciation stuff is dope, and just I'm not a fan of the sport. It's cool to just see companies like that do something special. Yeah, it's always exciting. I know, I know. Like just reading the comments and stuff. Like if A Star just like does like a sneak peek, and then it goes live, yeah. it's crazy to see like all the comments and how. But, but then I then now I'm on the back end of it, so I got to respond to emails asking if they could buy it. Yeah, I know. And you're like, ah, sorry, it's not available to the public. It's crazy that like people pay top dollar. What do you mean? Stuff. I'm looking at a picture right now. I know. I was I was giving Max crap at National Supercross when we did that all white gear. I'm like, Max, yeah. we should have sold Ooh. that stuff, dude. Like that retro stuff was sick. Yeah, I was like, we would have sold the heck out of it. I was like, just make it limited, you know, three hundred pieces and it's like us yeah. reps see that stuff and we're like, it's just, it's just printed and make, it's like, we don't know actually what, how much goes into it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, to, that goes back to dude, the budget three years out. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in production like, <laughs> and that puts something else on the shelf. Like it's easy to make three sets for the rider on the weekend. Yep. Yeah. It's funny. I Not, was like, dang it. That yeah. stuff would have been so, I hope we, I hope we bring an all white set gear an all white set back, but we had the copper stuff last year. That was kind of sick, but, it's uh, it's crazy. White can be either really good or it can be really bad. It's always hit or miss with white. Yeah, a little dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little dangerous. Um, but for you, like we're uh, we're fifty minutes to this into this episode, and we've had some really cool talks. But you know, we have a we have another athlete that really likes to help out with the show, and I couldn't not thank him enough. He's been a huge part of uh, 
getting through these things and, and bringing some insight to the to the episode. And if you guys don't know, but JD Beach is a, a big part of our, our show and a big part of our success. So please go check him out at JD Beach 95 on Instagram. He actually just re-signed with Yamaha for Flat Track. And uh, like I said, he's he's helped me out a lot and he's got some questions for you. So I want to present to you guys the Beach Say What segment. And uh, here we go. Let's see what we got for you. So he wants to know, he's like, how many extra fenders do you go through for with all your wheelies? Because you, you do post a lot of wheelie videos on Instagram. Like, <laughs> I, like, I like a good fender scraper. Yeah, you do. Can't confirm. But little does he know, um, though, Talon is like one of your, like, he's like your long lost uncle. So it's like you just have to, like, you probably have a stack of, of uh, fenders from Talon out of Cherby's. <laughs> that, that whole family's done so much for me over the years. I don't like bugging them with, with uh, <laughs> asking for too much free product. So I try and keep my, uh, right foot on that rear brake pretty hard yeah you gotta keep your budget uh, low. no dude tyson was the one that kind of not forced me but encouraged me to learn how to wheelie back when i was in the c class and we'd just go out in the back of hang time me and max and just up and down that back hill as many times as we could trying to keep our front <laughs> wheel off the ground all the way until we got to the top that's awesome and uh i do that in one day it just clicked i finally got it and then uh I was at E Street one day. It was like maybe three days after I like finally like found the balance point and like got it. And like everybody was there, dude. The pits were stacked. Like there was under the bridge was full, like around the track was full. And like I'm just off doing wheelies in the middle of like people's camps, you know, like finding any little open spot to do a wheelie. I think it was like Cole Barbieri told me to like try and drop my hand and I'm just like, Oh yeah, dude, I got wheelies. Like no problem. Like these things are easy now. And I just took my left hand arm, just threw it down to the ground, just completely just looped it. Like it came off the, like jumped the bike. <laughs> I wheelied, compressed the shock and then took my hand off the clutch, just popped the clutch and just launched my bike in the air and just snapped off my rear fender. That's perfect. And I think that was actually the only time I've ever broke a rear fender. Yeah, those Yamaha fenders are actually pretty – those Yamaha fenders are pretty strong. Yeah. Unless you're Stu Baylor, then you just wreck those things. But for you, yeah, you're I like – Go ahead. One, maybe two. Maybe two. Maybe two, yeah. You're like, you're like Rick, I need a fender. Give or take. Rick. Yeah. Oh, no, he was <laughs> – Richard does not go Sunday. No, not pumped. Oh, my God. You're uh, we're uh, teammates now. Gas, gas teammates now. Dude, love to see it. Ah, God, that bike is good, dude. It is fucking good. Dude, they're so fun. So fun. Like, I got so comfortable on it on the first day. Like, it was sick. Yeah, I was able to do... I was on Yamaha Forever, as you know, and then Huskies. Like, kind of right after I turned pro Huskies, and then this last year... Um, I got the opportunity to film with motocross action and do their 450 shootout. Okay. And I just did the video for the shootout, so I didn't actually do any of like the shootout results. Okay. So I was just the guy riding it for the video. Yeah. And he, Josh Roseman over there put me on the Husky, so that's what I was riding at the time. And so I rode all day on the Husky at Glen Helen, and we finally wrapped up shooting in an absolute tornado. And I was like, hey, can I... I ride every bike. Like I know, like we're done filming and everything. So and he's like, "Yeah, go for it." So I went out and spent like forty-five minutes just hopping on each bike, 
And I was like, dude, this gas gas is good. I was like, yeah. I already like the look of it. And this thing is, like, I like it more than the Husky. I like it more than the KTM. I like it more than the Honda. That was right when the Honda was, the new Honda was out. And that thing is a rocket ship. Yeah. And I was like, I think gas gas is my favorite. And then, uh, lucky enough, I had the opportunity to get my hands on one before Alpers this last year. Absolutely stoked on it. I will say it saved me a lot of money and, uh, buying gear with not much matches with it. Okay. That's you funny. get red, white, or black. That's really about it. That's about it. But, I mean, it, you could probably rock some high-vis. High-vis on the red wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, JD also wants to know, speaking of riding in SoCal, what is uh? Do you have a hidden spot, or do you ride in the hills um, after it rains? Definitely ride in the hills after it rains, dude. I I really since I'm like not racing and training any much anymore. Like it's and the dude, the tracks down here on the weekend are brutal. Like just packed crowd, dude. Not not even packed, but the people who are there are sketchy as hell. The tracks aren't as good because they know none of the pros are riding on the weekends. So they don't prep it like they are. Yeah. So the track's not good on the weekends. And, like, it's just not that fun to ride down here on the weekends. And so I really haven't been interest, really that interested in riding. Yeah. Much, like, in the last few months. And it hasn't rained at all here. So I'm like, I don't want to go to the hills. The hills are going to be brutal. But this last week, it's been pouring. And I'm... It's absolutely itching uh, to go out this weekend since I got Friday off work, Saturday, Sunday, probably all three days we'll be out riding in the hills, shoveling oh, something, dude. making a turn track, hitting a jump. I don't know. Just but getting I'm out there, having fun. Because it has yeah. been pouring. I'm jealous. When I come when I come next week, dude, I'm going to steal a bike from Stapo and just show you boys how it's done. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Those jumps are too big for me. Um. But yeah, yeah it's, I see Canyon. all the yeah I see all the videos. I'm like, dude, like like uh, Hayden um, Kiefer just posted a uh, high des viz, and I'm like, God, it looks sick, like so much fun. But um, that's probably one thing I miss the most about California is just how much different, how many different terrains you can ride. Like Tennessee's got a little bit of tracks, but out there you can go ride. You know, hard packed. You can ride sand. You can ride. You know, just there's so much. You can go to the des. You can go to the hills. You, yeah. can, you can. There's just a even, lot. Well, it's not even California in general. The difference between Northern California and Southern California in that aspect is oh, insane. Yeah. yeah. Like you, if you like, there's a riverbed up at East Street that you can you can go ride, but there's going to be some ranch owners that are pretty pissed and like. If you're see them, like don't go near them. They're gonna be pissed and probably try and shoot you with a shotgun. Yeah, but like down here, like anywhere else, the cops are gonna be there in ten minutes. Like down here, you can go right out in your backyard, and even if there's a golf course or a high school right next to you, like don't really give a shit. Like they'll probably drive by and be like, oh damn, that was like I wanted to do that. Lucky. Yeah. Like the, just the whole culture down here, it everybody approves of. Dirt bikes. Having fun on their bikes. So, like, yeah. It's, it's a lot more, you have a lot more freedom. It's like, oh, that whole hill over there is, nobody has a house on it. Let's go ride it. It still like blows my mind that. No uh, shot. 
Yeah, it still blows my mind that State Fair is State Fair, State Fair, State Fair is like right across the street from a neighborhood. Like, yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> still my blows my mind. Right there, he's like, oh yeah, hear it, hear it every day. Yeah, it's like that would never pass in like NorCal. Not only is there a dirt bike track there, but they have like stock car races there that sound like literally like an engine, like a <laughs> like a like a quad with no packing. Spaceship. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a fucking SpaceX is sending a rocket to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> just carnage yeah. so you posted a video back in the day of riding some bicycles tra- training you know getting getting ready getting to your top top peak per- performance self. Uh, my, my, yeah, my secret training program yeah secret training program with pmo you know before moto logic you know took off oh yeah and uh jd wants to know did uh danny mackeskill call you about tips for this video like were you guys on like a, a collab together yeah uh I met him at uh, at Sea Otter Classic one year. He, he gave me all the secrets, all the secrets to the, the road bike, <laughs> guys, road bike skills, all the tips and tricks, all the tips and tricks. You guys went down to the the little like scenic walk down to the beach in Monterey and kind of had like a heart to heart. Yeah, yeah. He gave <laughs> me the secret to having millions on YouTube. It, it only resulted in having maybe two thousand views on Instagram, but it is what it is. No, dude, that thing's got nineteen thousand views. Are you serious? Yeah, just because JD sent it to me, it's got nineteen thousand views. When I look no at way. It, I'm looking at it right now. I gotta go nineteen thousand two hundred seventeen <laughs> views. Really? I swear, I'm looking at it right now. Impressive. That's incredible. Well, I might have to yeah, post this on is. my story. Wow. That's pretty good. That's <laughs> not bad. 20, late 24, 2017. We'll get you to 20K by the I'm weekend. Do you know how many fucking tubes I went through in that road bike? Oh, probably so many. I feel so bad for oh, people man. when I see it on IG. They're just broke down on the side of the road changing a tube. I'm like, that's devastating. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't even talk about it. I didn't. I never bent a rim or anything. What, dude, I need to be a self-brand ambassador because I really put this shit to the test. Yeah. I just feel like you put all that effort in, right? Like you're road biking, you're feeling good, you know, you're exercising and then you get a flat and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what did I do wrong? Uh, like you're just exhausted. Yeah. Like you're exhausted and now you got to change this too because you can't like just hop in your car and go home. Like you got to yeah. fix that shit. Yeah. Carrie from Rhinestone would have me a uh, road bike around uh, Lake Elsinore uh, like two to three times a week and like I would get so many flats. This is such a shithole, dude. There's heroin needles, like it's sitting in the shoulder, like yeah. guaranteed to run over eighteen glasses of beer, like on your way, like every time, every time without fail, you get a flat. You <laughs> have to call somebody to come get you, or sit there trying to pump up a. a, a yeah, it's not like the road. It's not like the road into grindstones is the smoothest. Yeah, <laughs> you're starting off on a dirt road and a gravel street. Like it's not yeah. going well. Yeah, it's like it's almost better just to push your bike to the road and start from there. But man, that's that's kind of crazy. Like you, like I said, your your story's just starting to starting to just now starting. I guess I could, you could say. Um, you know, you're you're in the industry now. You're you've raced and now you're starting your career off. So it's kind of this is where it all begins for you so you know do you have any big plans or anything like what's your what's your goals now that you know back 
a year ago, two year two years ago, your goal was probably to get top twenty in a supercross or to qualify for a main or whatever it could be. But like now, you know, kind of like what's your goals now? Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what they are, dude. It's been interesting and, and honestly pretty difficult because it's like life is pretty damn easy before this. Like, like if you would ask me that, it's, like you said, it's easy. What's your goal for next year? Yeah. Do better at racing than I did this year. What's your goal for that? Do better at racing than I did that year. Just do better at racing the following year. Right. Like every time. And so now that I'm working at seven, doing the athlete sport, I don't have that. Then um, I've been searching for, okay, I'm, I still want to have that like yearly progression that it's so just cut and dry and so easy to work toward, right? Right, and so it's just been figuring out what that like yearly goal looks like. And that's kind of why I've been looking at, at going back to school. It's like, all right, what what's going to help me take this next step? And what's going to help me like that? Totally, want to figure it all out and not stop and get stagnant. You know, like in, in racing and training, you're always like working towards something and seeing like instant progression. Like, oh, I dropped a second. I hit the whoops better today. Like. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you're always you're always finding finding something. So yeah, that's been difficult. With it's like, dude, I'm just turned 24, and I like am eight months into my first job ever. It's like it's, it's bizarre. It doesn't feel like that because I've worked math off for so many years that like perfecting like racing, and that was my job, I guess. Right, making money out of it, but technically was my job, but like. For the last eight months, it's been the first time I've ever had to actually like know what it's like to have a normal job and what working toward a goal within of being an employer of somebody else's like company. You know, it's, yeah, it's been tricky to navigate, but I feel like I'm starting to get it together, get a good plan now. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like you said, there's only a few of you, so the more that you can take off uh, Roger's plate and kind of have him trust you more and more. That's going to be huge. I think for your success and, and kind of take you to those steps that you're looking for. And, and before you know it, you'll be going to 17 rounds or supercross and, you know, promoting the seven brands. So I think there's a lot of, a lot road. There's only up from here, right? You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot for you to, to gain and learn. And I'm excited to see kind of where it all takes you. Yeah. I appreciate it. It'll be, it'll be fun regardless. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So before I let you go, I wanted to ask you one more thing. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but your uh, your dad, Richard, old Rick, he's got a, a very successful sandblasting company called Raptor Blaster, and they work with some big teams in the industry, and and including you know Honda and and uh, I believe PC's got one, or maybe Primo has one just for himself. But you know, what's that like seeing like your dad's success and and for that to happen, and now he's also kind of involved in the industry. Like it's not big time but you know he's definitely working with some guys that yeah. are in the industry and also like sandblasting is coming a big part of our industry you know everybody's wanting a cabinet to rebuild two strokes you know our good old buddy Hassaker, he's he's a pain in the ass but we love him to death his texts are the best i love his text messages uh, um, I, I miss that dude so much he's, <laughs> he, he is the best. he's probably the only person that can explain a story through emoji like he can write sentences with emojis <laughs> i love it um, but I mean, the Raptor Blaster brand is just, is crushing it. You know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, your buddy Justin works over there and, 
and and Stevie works over there too, and it's just cool to see kind of the progression of that brand and and where it's going. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like originally, like when my dad founded the company, there was no like, okay, we're gonna Corbin races, like we're gonna do motorcycle industry. Like this is where we, we need to blow up. Yeah, it was like no, my dad just was a salesman at a competing company, had better ideas for better products, and left and started his own company and just wanted to make better sandblast stuff. And it was just honestly by coincidence that the logo was on my bike. And honestly, it's mainly because of Jim. Like, Jim was helping me out. So we helped, my dad helped him out with a cabinet. Jim loved it and was making awesome shit with it. And posted yeah. it a ton. And I just gained traction from there. Jay Dungey. Uh, wanted to get one at KTM and he was stoked on, or no, no, he was at Geico at the time. Um, he got one at, into Geico and then just from there he went back to KTM and he brought one to KTM and just all this, all this different stuff just kept, kept building and building where it just started as it was like my, my dad. So he was my main sponsor. It was my family. So yeah. I had a big Raptor Blaster claw on my bike and people were like asking what the hell is that and then it just in like the snap of a finger it was like oh you're sponsored by them I was like well I mean I guess technically like, yeah I'm sponsored by them but it's not really my sponsor it's just my dad yeah He's like, you're like so it's a big sponsor it, <laughs> yeah I was like yeah, it, it happened title. it's it a title sponsor fast, yeah yeah yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Like you know, it it was really cool to see like the video Geico posted a while back, and and to see that success that your dad's had, and you know he's gone through a lot, and I'm I'm so proud of him as long as you know with you too. But it's just cool to see like you know where you from him calling me you know three times a week to get parts, and now seeing him being one of the the premier brands, and not only our industry but also I I can only imagine he's probably really big in other industries too, but. If you guys haven't checked that out and you're into into rebuilding bikes and want your bikes to look fresh, check out Raptor Blaster on on Instagram and and hit those guys up because their machines are are badass and a lot of people, motor builders and and whatnot and you know I think Luke's X wanting one or has one, MX Revival I think it has one or wants one, but a lot of these guys that are doing project bikes are are using sandblaster machines and if they're not, they're having Jim use it. So definitely check those guys out and uh, and see what they do because it's pretty badass what those machines can get done. Yeah, save a little elbow grease by having one of those. That's for that's for sure. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, well, Corbin, like that's kind of all I had for you. I mean, do you have anything that you want to say? Anybody you want to thank um, before I let you go? Oh, dear Lord, baby Jesus, <laughs> barely even saying eight pound, word yet. Eight pound, <laughs> eight pound. Uh, Dude, the fig, New- uh, the fig Newtons. Yeah, fig Newtons. <laughs> that sticker at Loretta's was incredible. Oh my god, <laughs> that's good times. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot yeah, of man, fun. With I, I don't know. I wish I could remember the the speech we gave in uh, Indy after Ironman. Oh. I, I give that. <laughs> yeah, our our own press conference we had at the Hilton yeah. Hotel in downtown at Indy. Three in the morning. <laughs> Oh my god, we're done. Oh my god, I, I I'm ready though. I'm ready to make some of those menus. I think a one we're gonna have a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah, you, where are you staying? You get a hotel yet? Yeah, so I'm staying right there in Anaheim. So pops is gonna come down and we'll get there Thursday, and um, I'm gonna stay till Monday. So we'll definitely hang yeah. out and uh, do some uh, stuff. I got a, 
Yeah, I got a hotel for Saturday night after the race. So. Oh, perfect. Justin, okay. Justin and Steve are going to come down and stay with us. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was. I think I asked Kobe, but I can't remember what he said. I think he said he's going, but I don't... I'm trying to get him to go. I don't know. Yeah, I know he can't make up his mind. He said he's going to San Diego, but I was like, dude, I I can't go to San Diego. So, um, but sweet. Okay, uh, dude, I'm stoked for Supercross this year. I know it's gonna be so. Sick. I am so stoked. Hey, I'm not saying me. this just because you're on the phone, but if Mookie doesn't win like two round, at least two rounds. I'm going to be kind of like bummed. Like I'm expecting big things out of him. Like I, I think he can do it. Like I can see him winning at least one or two rounds. Like I got high hopes for Mookie. Dude, he looks skinny too. Like in that preview show, like he, he looks good. We've been so busy around the office. I haven't got to, I mean, our seven office is closer to the KTM and Husky gas gas test track. Okay. Than it is to the actual KTM and Husky, like, shop. Like, we're up there. It's just a big court with KTM or whatever. We're up above the court. Oh, okay. And yeah, right exactly above where us okay. is where the track is. Yeah. So, like, we're closer to the track even than they are. And it's been so damn busy at work just with the holiday season and getting stuff ready for A1. And we just got a bunch of containers and, like, all this stuff. I haven't even got a chance to walk up to, to the test track and, and watch yet. So. Yeah. It's going to be exciting to see what everybody's doing. I know. It's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know if I just haven't been paying attention, but it, it's kind of been like low key. Like, the YouTube videos haven't been usually how busy they usually are, you know? Like, because I feel like everybody's like not around right now, you know what I mean? Like, back in the day, you remember like 2010, 11, like you'd see so many test track videos in California, but I feel like now everybody's like either in Florida or in California. So it's like you don't see as many like videos as you did back in the day. Like, I feel like there's not as much like little short YouTube clips and maybe I'm just missing it, but like, do you kind of see that too or no? Or am I just tripping? Well, I mean like you had Troy Lee KTM, they had their track out in, in the Val, like where Temescal Canyon and now they're factory gas gas. So they're big corporate hush hush at the test track here. Yeah. And then like Cowie, like, PCC still get a little bit like Star was always pumping out stuff at their test track here, but now they're Florida. And like Suzuki, they had actually had a team in the track. And Honda, you got me and Chase doing their own thing. And then the Lawrence's out in Florida. So, like, yeah, it's like all that little stuff. Like, yeah, you only don't see it. Like, I feel like you don't see like as many. Where the riders are right now, which is weird. Yeah, like I feel like me, like not me, like Keith and I back in the day, like you know, and Blake and Dylan, like we'd almost like wake up every day, like kind of see what's like posted. And like now, it's like you don't really see. You might see like one or two videos, but now it's like everything's like a vlog. So you kind of get a little bit of clips, but you don't really get like those raw like Supercross videos anymore, like you used to. You know who I, yeah. you know who posts more Supercross videos than anybody is Zoid. Like Zoid crushes. Dude, he's like the team of our did, of our like industry. Did you catch the leak of his, of Cooper Webb at the test track like three weeks before they announced that new bike? Yeah, like the one he was at. Was he at Hemet or State Fair? No, he was up on top of at this construction site that looks down on the KTM test track. Right above like our office. Not. I might have saw it, but I don't know. He like just posted it on his on his feed again, but he posted it on his story like a month and a half ago. Oh, okay. Then yeah, that's the one I was talking. So that's the one where he's like step yeah. on, step off or whatever. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Dude, he he he's like undercover. Like and then like people hit him up. Like who's who was fast today? And he was like. I don't know if it was him or somebody posted like McAdoo had a big get off and it's like Yeah, yeah. Both McAdoo and Forkner uh knocked himself out and then he just posts on Instagram like, Oh, Cowie's boys had a rough day today. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Zoid, someone's gonna shoot you. <laughs> I love it though. I like he's so undercover. Yeah. Like when people follow him, like, like holy crap, but like he's like he's like almost under the radar, but not under the radar for like only like, yeah. the people like in the industry like know who he is. Yeah. It's funny because he's like he gives out some like really good info. I'm, I'm always yeah. checking like to see kind of like all right, what's Zoid posting today? <laughs> I love it. Actually, I do have one more thing for you. I you just kind of brought something up. Um, Bubba's world, dude. I'm excited. It's uh, it's, it's cool to. I'm, I'm excited too. Yeah, it's cool to have James back. You know, anything James, I'm all about it. So yeah. it's uh, it's cool to see. I listened to the first episode. I I really enjoyed it and. uh I'm excited to just kind of see what he does next with that thing, and I hope it sticks around in that studio. Oh, my God, it's sick. Um, it's sick, huh? But my question to you was, you know, how uh, how was that kind of that build up, and how much, like, work was that, you know, in the office? Again, I know some of this stuff might be um, private information, but it's just one of those things where I kind of, if you can just, you know, just give us a little bit of a sprinkle of, like, kind of how long this has been in the in the works. Yeah, it's been in the in the works. Um, I think like officially after they decided to do it for like three months, and it was a lot. Like Rogers lives out here, but I mean, in order to film it, like James lives in Florida, so he was having to bounce back and forth to try and like figure it out. And he was out there for about a week trying just helping him and Dennis, and uh, one of our designers was out there uh, getting the studio set up for about a week uh, around the the time they had the ride day out there it was when they kind of finished it all yeah and got it all set up but that's that's going to be the hardest part with it for sure is um the back and roger forth. roger co-hosting and having to like be out there and stuff but i'm excited dude there's going to be um there's going to be some pretty incredible guests on it yeah um i think it's the, the next episode we'll we'll break the internet probably even more than the, the first one did and when people didn't even know that the the podcast was coming out so it's, it's gonna be cool yeah i think he kind of hinted what he wanted to do for the next one with somebody but i don't know it, was, it kind of seemed like he was getting it at because he said it a couple times and it, i didn't know like i don't know for sure i'll text you later but if uh some of the things that he has lined up it sounds like it's gonna be really cool but it's like man, like when he, yeah, when he came out just with that, to, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. The even in. I mean, just us as a as a company and a brand, like it's so much better when James is out there, you know? Yeah, because if you look at his Instagram, he posts like once every six years, and it's like when he posts, yeah. it breaks the internet. So it's like the more he's now that he's if he's gonna get more involved, it's only gonna help build the you know the brand because he's yeah. gonna, he's gonna do the same thing I do. He's gonna hype up you know seven just like how I hype up Fly. Yeah. Like it's just gonna be yeah good for you guys and. It's cheap. It doesn't cost you guys anything because he's invested. Yeah, in like I was saying before, like <laughs> why go out and spend a hundred grand on a, a yeah. on some good pro when James can make one Instagram post and have the same impact? Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> so I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Cool. I'm excited to see kind of where it's at because, like I said, it's you know a lot of people were nervous that James was just gonna, was going to just leave us, and it's cool that he's still involved and. 
it's that he's bringing some of this stuff to light. Like he's talking about the other day, he's, he was just like, yeah, he's like, I just, I drive a stock car. Like I don't even have the windows tin. He's like, I'd be waving to all the, all the soccer moms. <laughs> I'm like, that's Dude, awesome. He is so funny. Yeah. I can imagine. Like, I, I could see him just I being I feel like a, people a forget that. Like all the Halloween shit he did over the years. Yeah. And like the like, videos, he's he like the Prince videos that he used to do. Yeah. Like people think he's like, from what you see on TV and like interviews and stuff and, like you see his facial expression after he just crashed in the whoops. Like, yeah, he's a pissed off, like yeah, he's professional an athlete. athlete. Yeah, but like that's all you see. But like then you like go back, scroll back through his Instagram and seeing him act like Prince and Charlie Murphy and shit. They're like, dude, he's so funny. Yeah, it's just that's kind of how like RV even said it too. He's like, yeah, he's like, we're at work. He's like, you know, we're we don't, yeah, come, exactly. we, don't we don't mean to be dicks, but it's just that's kind of how it come across. Like, you know, it's like if someone came to your nine to five and was all up in your face, you probably wouldn't be pumped too. It's like it sucks that it comes across yeah. that way, but you know, now you look at RV and I, everybody says he's just a full blown prankster. Like he's just super fun yeah. to be around, and uh, and I feel like that's how James is too. These guys just love to have fun. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm I'm excited to see see how those episodes they, they, go. They paid their dues. They could they could do that now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, him saying he's at the golf course does not hurt my feelings at all. I'm like, dude, like yeah. you you've done a lot for this industry, this sport, and I'd almost wish though. Like I texted someone the other day. I was like, how much would you pay to have James Stewart come back and race? And they're like, dude, I don't even know. Like it'd have to be like a lot. Like I'd pay a lot. Yeah. Just God, I, I, I wouldn't want him to up? line up at A one this year, like with the dude the way the four fifty class is. Yeah, I, I'd like to see him do like, like a like a a Loretta's and lap the whole plus twenty five field or something. <laughs> I know he's like everybody like, that, was, like I'd spy- like to see. I would not like to see him get. 15th in a minute, 450 main event, right? <laughs> yeah, for real. At A1. Everybody's like, what's wrong with yeah. James? And that's the thing, too. Like, yeah. the, the Warriors would come out and be like, what's wrong with James? Like, uh, he hasn't raced in like. No, okay. I, let me change my. Let me, I would l- lose my shit if I saw him unload a bike at uh, Red, Red Bull Imagination. Oh, yeah. That would be tight. Oof. Dude. What about him breaking the internet? Like people were taking spy photos of him on the Honda, like riding with his kid, and like people were losing it. Oh, is he coming back? Is he yeah. racing? Like, what's he? What's he doing? <laughs> like, it's just so funny how like how Dude, quick anything, the speculation. Anything quick. with him is yeah, it just goes insane. I would love to see. I'd love to go to the, the compound though and just see him spin laps on the Honda. Like I would, like, yeah. I would pay like an entry fee to like watch that. Dude, I I tried to ride it when I was I was staying out in Florida, but in between Orlando and. uh in Daytona, I was out there riding the road. Tyler Rattray's a lot, and I got to go out to Compound 83. Uh, Jason Anderson got me out there one day. Yeah. I was staying with him. Uh, Chad Reed's old place, and I yeah. was sick, but I was trying so hard to get out to the compound, and I unfortunately couldn't make it happen because uh, Cincerillo and Sexton were, like, leasing it. Oh, uh, okay. So it wasn't really, like, up to anybody because they were leasing it from them. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it's still on the bucket list. Yeah, you'll be out there. You'll be out there eventually. If worst comes to worst, dude, just call me. I'll meet you down in Florida with a bike, with a gas gas, bring up your forks, <laughs> and I'll just meet you down there for like the J Seven Invitational. I'll just bring yeah. you a bike. We'll we'll make it happen. I don't need to ride though. I just want to watch. <laughs> but Corbin, man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Uh, I've uh, been like 
dragging ass doing these episodes. So you're get you're <laughs> kickstarting my career back off. Um, love it. Hey, yeah, coming into 22 strong. Like I said, you just been, you're, you're, we've been together and we're just doing this together. It yeah. Ain't, it ain't dude, I love yet, it. <laughs> yeah, no, no shot. I love Still it. We got much more shit to circle back. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't like after this year, there's just so much shit like with amateur yeah. stuff and Supercross. It's, I mean, who knows, you know, it's could sound lame, whatever, but you never know. Mookie could be a champion. Could be. You just never know. You never know. You never know. I mean, nobody probably guessed he was going to win on Geico, and he, he did. So you just, he's just yeah. he's an underdog. So no, he's gonna be he's gonna be sick. If not this year, next year, dude. Like yeah, it was cool they gave I, a two year deal. I, that was awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't put crazy expectations on anybody just joining completely new program the first year, new bike, new program, new yeah. new everything. And like, I don't, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm just being stupid. If, throwing, if it was throwing fun if out it there. Was, if it was. If it, was, if it was Webb, even like I'm not, I wouldn't have expectations, but yeah, definitely uh, after he has a year under his belt and next coming into next year with a full outdoor season, a full dude, yeah, he's just no reason know. for him not to be just gnarly. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope everybody stays healthy, but it is yeah. what it is, and it's going to be a fun 17 round, and uh, hopefully, I'll get to see you yeah, at a few yeah. of them. Yeah, starting off strong with the first one. Yeah, we're going big. We're going to have some fun. So, cool. Well, thank you. That's Hopefully it's not raining. I know. I'll bail if it's raining. Dude. I, don't, I don't fuck with the rain. Um, but a huge thank you to our sponsors, Scott, Work Connection, Bell Ray, Spot Network, Motion Pro. Thank you, guys. Corbin's a Scott guy. He knows what's good with the prospects. I, I am. I cannot thank those guys enough. I mean, I can't thank everybody enough. Bell Ray's um telling me i need to run some new 10w50 and and the gas gas so that's going to be new for me i gotta try that out but uh but yeah i'm excited to uh to get on board with these guys and get this season started 2022 is going to be awesome and we're going to actually do a preview show tomorrow night with uh kirk alice from firepower and um jason from monster energy so please be on the look for that everybody calls them wheels so that will be uh getting posted tomorrow actually i'll do the show tomorrow so i'll post friday but yeah that's a wrap corbin thank you please check him out corbin hey hunt corbin underscore hayes right on instagram i believe so okay yeah so check him out on ig go check out jd beach jd beach 95 on instagram and please please go check out all of our sponsors and uh support those guys thank you that is a wrap peace out guys